0: Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, the next stall will have an extra 14 TDs and the election will be fought in plus four constituencies. So, these are dramatic changes. They were made by the Electoral Commission, which was chaired by Miss Justice Mary Baker. There are good news for some, bad news for others. It is said, initially anyway, that this will help the larger parties, the stronger parties, to discuss the significance of this outcome of deliberations of the Commission. We're joined by Finan Sheehan. Finan is Ireland editor of independent newspapers and one of the best judges of what's happening in Dáil Éireann and in many other places. Finan, this is a cruel game. We like to have a go at our TDs and public representatives, but it's a tough game when you make, commit your life. To it, so these changes have real consequences for politicians.
2: Yeah, and it 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 basically shapes the battleground for the next general election, and obviously, you know, most TDs will, will will tell you that they they draw out of their 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 biggest amount of votes out of certain areas, and mainly that's the area around where you live and where you've you've grown up or represented on the council or you've worked or something like that and any changes that happen in a a boundary review like this that affects that uh has an impact on you obviously the number of seats in a constituency uh if you're if if the the seat numbers increase it it gives you a a slight bit of an edge if you're an an incumbent it makes it slightly uh easier uh for you uh and as well about your relationship with with the voters if you're working hard in a, in a particular area you like to, to at least think that that will be there yes. uh, come the next come the next general election I mean ultimately though know, this is about the voters uh, our constitution says we have to have one Td for every twenty thousand to thirty thousand of the population that was grand back in de Valera's day but but now that our population has hit 5 million for the first time, uh, since uh, the, the the days of the famine, it, it means that this is is going to result uh, in greater numbers uh, of TDs uh, being elected come come the next uh, general election, uh, and as a result of that, we end up with this with this redraw of the map. Now, you'd have to say, given that there is a new independent body has been put in charge uh, of this for the first time. It used to be, you know, there used to be a a, a venerable group uh, of citizens selected and it was, already speaking, work done by the the franchise unit in the Department of the Environment. This is handed out to a completely separate body. Uh, And given that they're starting afresh and they had a blank canvas in effect, they haven't exactly been radical. There's nothing in here that you wouldn't have expected uh under the under the old uh regime in fact in 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 some cases they've gone back to very much to what was there to what was there before so you know not not radical pretty unimaginative uh, but nonetheless there's so many changes that that they there are bound to be impacts i mean there's a, a mm-hmm. rather hilarious chapter in their in their report where they talk about continuity and respecting continuity and Doing the same as as what was there before, and blah blah blah. And then the next page, they say that they've made changes to four out of five constituencies. So there was certainly scope yes. uh, for them, given they were making that many changes to do to do an awful lot more. They could have put in more uh, TDs uh, had they so wished, because the criticism has been they have adhered to what the Constitution has to say. It's thirty thousand uh, per person. They've just gone under the, the, the 30,000 mark with their, their changes here but the point has been made that the population is growing so rapidly that they're not exactly future proofing or even keeping pace with where we know that the population uh, is at the, the last census was, was uh, taken um, almost 18 months ago now it was just before the influx of Ukrainian refugees, which which added seventy eighty thousand to the population uh, of the country, and we know that because of the the, the booming economy have at the moment, that our population is continuing to rise anyway by about uh, seventy thousand per year. So um, they they've basically decided that any issues like that can be kicked the can the can can be kicked down the road. That basically there would have to be again. Substantial changes come the next general election, right. and they haven't factored a whole lot in here that, that will, will stave off any of that.
0: Right. I note that the Taoiseach, Lea Vardgar, and Tawnish and Miho Martin have both gained, as it were, they both had an extra seat added to their constituencies, which will make their re-election more probable. There's one case I noted as well, Finan, the Labour TD for Cork East, Sean Sherlock, yeah, He lives in Mallow, Mallow is at the centre, or was at the centre of his constituency, and he's shocked because it no longer will be. He says, Mallow is, I quote him, Mallow is my hometown, so one way or another, Mallow is where I'm staying. That's mm-hmm. tough. And also in Wicklow, where there are some interesting candidates, Sinn Féin's John Brady mm-hmm. looks to be safe enough, but the minister... For higher education, Simon Harris of Fine Gael should survive, but it'll be harder. And the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, will be said to rue the loss of Finifall voters in the more rural parts of Wicklow. But they're just some examples. Also, the final one, on Dublin Rathdown, Down, they're gaining an extra seat, and that should help the sitting TDs, their Fine Gael ministers, Minister of State Joseph uh, Madigan and Neil Richmond, who's also Minister of State, and of course the Green Party Deputy Leader Catherine Martin, all of them can breathe more easily. The question I've got for you, Sinn Féin are said to be big winners. Can this affect the next election in terms of the transfer or not of power?
2: Well, I mean, as you point out, the the Taoiseach and the Taoiseach are quite happy also, so is the Housing Minister, so the Commission remarkably managed to... uh Look after the three most important people in the <laughs> government from their their perspective. I'm not suggesting anything there. Anymore. I'm just saying that's not. a that's a that's a coincidence. And they're the three yes. of them in urban areas. They're very deserving of those extra TDs. And Dara O'Brien, the housing minister, uh, you know, it just so happens that the constituency that he could not have dreamed of uh, was created uh, around his base uh, in North County Dublin. Mm. And and, <laughs> and and so be, so be it. But yeah, as you say, there's a few hard luck. Stories: The Sean Sherlock situation is is pretty dire. It, it was expected that Mallow was going to be moved out of his constituency. Thought it was going to go into a neighbouring more rural constituency. Instead, he's been stuck in with the north side of of Cork City. Uh, so he's gone from basically be representing a, a, a strong. Uh, market industrial town outside of Cork to basically be part of the, the the commuter belt of Cork City. Maybe that's reflective of the way that urbanisation is is going. But that's a That's a bad look one. The likes of Simon Harris and Stephen Donnelly will will put on the poor moat no doubt. And they'll say, oh, Jesus, look at all the votes that that I've lost. But, you know, in reality, it, 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 it probably could have been worse uh, for both of them. Yeah. And there'll be an argument now from both of them that they don't have a running mate and that they're up against it and so on and so forth. So, look, I don't, Donnelly will, for for other reasons other than the redraw, will, will potentially sure. struggle to get elected. But yes. it'll be down, he'll, he'll, is enough there for him to him to, to get back? Simon Harris will be will be absolutely fine. In terms of the, the, the Sinn Féin uh, argument, I mean, let's let's look at it from this this perspective. Uh, Sinn fein were already going to be doing really well yes. on the next general election. They had too few candidates last time, therefore didn't uh, capitalize on the vote that they got. They should have about about seven or eight extra TDs already, and we know that since the, the last general election, they're Support, uh, according to the opinion polls, has continued to increase uh, quite quite dramatically. So I'd I'd actually look at this from the opposite perspective. Yeah, it's it's good for Sinn Féin, but it's also good for the people who Sinn Féin were were targeting anyway. Yes. it's probably in a number of cases I would argue has offered a lifeline to people who otherwise were going to lose their seats to Sinn Féin. For example, right. uh, Roger O'Gorman. Uh, Yes, children's minister. He's in the aforementioned Tisha Schickler Radker's constituency of of Dublin West. Uh, His seat was going to be in danger, uh, most likely from from Sinn Féin. The fact that it's gone up to five, it it gives him a chance that basically Sinn Féin can can win that extra seat, but it won't be at, at his expense. So his his destiny is very much in his own in his own uh, hands. There will be other challenges to him, but he won't just be able to, to blame uh, a Sinn Féin surge. I mean, yes. likewise next door in Dublin Midwest, Gino Kenny, who is a bit of a rarity on on the hard left, in that he's not a he's not a politician of protest. He's a politician of campaign. He he believes in in actually achieving things in office, not just complaining about them. Yes. Um, that's a dig at certain other people in his party. There, uh, you know, does does good work on on medicinal drug legalization. He's now gone down the route of opening a, a debate uh, about about uh, assisted dying, uh, controversial issues. Yes, but but he believes that, that these issues uh, need to be teased out. A good constituency operator. But you would have said up till last week. You know, Kenny is gone at the next election because Sinn Féin will win three seats in that constituency next time out. Now he's got very much a fighting chance. So that picture is kind of replicated around the country. There's kind of a a batch uh, of people that you can look at and go, "Okay, Sinn Féin may well win one or an extra seat in those constituencies but the, the people who are there at the moment uh, do still have a, a strong chance uh, now to survive. It, it even goes as far as, you'd say, the tarnished Nihal Martin comes into this because he's going to have to make a decision in 12 months' time about whether he's going to remain as Fianna Fáil leader and contest the next uh, general election or, uh, Step down as Fianna Fail leader and let somebody else lead it into the next general election, or indeed step down from domestic politics and become the European Commissioner because that post is going to come up. Fianna Fail had first refusal uh, on it. Uh, we believe this time around. So the redraw here, where his constituency of Cork South Central now has an extra TD, you'd say it's kind of favourable in that. Okay, yes. the two Fianna Fail seats are safe, but we give him an opportunity to pass that seat on. Uh, either to probably his son, who's the Cork the Mihal A, who is the Cork Intercounty county football goalkeeper, uh, or his 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 brother, Sean, and it would allow him to, or get another, you know, there are other counsellors who he has there who he could pass the, 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 the seat on to. You'd say, if if up until a week ago, you would have said, well, if Mihal Martin retires, they're going to lose that seat. Yes. Now you look at it and go. Well, actually, Micheál Martin can retire, and Fianna Fáil should still hold that seat. So that's that's replicated around the country. But yeah, in terms of your point about does it help Sinn Féin? Yeah, it does, but it not it it doesn't just only only help Sinn Féin.
0: Yeah, and in the case of Micheál Martin, Finnan, in opinion polls I've been reading, I think I've been reading properly for a year or so now. Certainly in the last six months, he is the most popular party leader in the country is that correct more popular than Mary Lou for example and certainly yeah. more popular than Leo Varadkar. his popularity certainly more popular
2: than Leo his popularity very much went up during his term uh, as, as Taoiseach for all the the criticism uh, of him up until then mainly actually driven by his own his own party uh, and certainly falling sh- sh- way short of expectations at the last uh, yes. general uh, election where basically the prospect of Michael Martin becoming Taoiseach of the substantially biggest party in Ireland as was looking to be the case when the election was called did not appeal to the public you know that it that that idea of kind of musical chairs of Fine, Fine Gael yes. swapping with Fianna fall it it probably in some way prompted the, the surge towards, towards Sinn Féin because there was a, a mood amongst the voters that they wanted uh, a, a change of some sort. But nonetheless, he was seemed to be a steady hand, seemed to be a fair-minded individual as well, yes. led the coalition very well while he was Taoiseach. And that, I think people got to know him a bit better as well. And you
0: during the COVID crisis, he, was, he looked and sounded like a leader, And in stark contrast to our friends across the water who were acting the maggot with Boris and all of that, he presented a statesman-like image and genuine compassion for people who were victims of COVID, whether it was business or whether it was medical. He, He just looked right and sounded right. And that's not necessarily easy to achieve always, is it?
2: displayed empathy i think yes. towards, towards the situation that people found themselves in uh you know it, it's difficult for everybody to relate to an individual and, and vice versa but he did seem to acknowledge accept and appreciate the difficulty that 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 these restrictions were were presenting uh to people like there was a surge in, in support for example for for Leo Bradcorn and and Fine Gael, rallying around the flag when the when the uh the pandemic first broke out. He was seen to be very decisive. Then, Michal Martin took over, and I think people did get to to know him uh, that 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 bit better. His his statements, his addresses to, to the nation, yes. did did seem to be there. Seemed to be a point to what he was saying. There was messages that he wanted to get uh, a, across to people. There was never any kind of uh, throwaway, live comments or any any sense of. of of kind of politicking, taking off it, and yeah, we were looking across the water uh, at what was what was going on uh, in and and seeing, oh my God!
0: Yeah, if I may suggest to you, Finan, this thing of empathy that you raised there. Two uh, American politicians, Ronald Reagan and Bill Clinton, both had that quality as well. Reagan, in particular, he didn't and didn't purport to be, you know, a super brain. But he had that feeling for the people that Martin, I think, had during COVID.
2: Yeah, and and look, that that's all. Very often, that's an intangible. It's down to a perception. Yeah, uh, the manner in which someone presents themselves or conducts themselves, and confident but not cocky. Uh, yes. Making comprehensive decisions, but but not taking people for for granted and and he, he did seem to to present that he also kept a, a fairly unified front uh, within the coalition which was important during those days because we really couldn't afford to have a, a government collapse and no. uh, end up with a, another general election during during that that period and when you when you look back uh three years it was a, a rocky start for him, Peter, for was still reeling after the, the the general election. They then lost uh, two cabinet ministers in in the space of of, of their first uh, six weeks in office. They then la- They then went on. They had people turning down ministerial office. People sulking about not being offered ministerial uh, office. So yes. there did seem to be general turmoil within his own, within his own circle, and he he calmed all those waters and and probably his critics, particularly within his own party. I've been very slow to acknowledge any of that. They, yes. they would just point to the opinion polls and go, "Well, we're still not, we're still not back where we were in the good old days." There's not
0: exactly a load of glittering talent around him, is there?
2: No, I mean, you know, I don't ask you a
0: leading question, no, but
2: no, but who who's <laughs> going to look if Mehol Martin was to say next year's local European elections he was to stand down after that and say, listen, I think it's time for somebody else to lead us into the general election. There will still be a question about who who that is. Yeah, uh, Michael McGrath, Dara O'Brien, still the the, the, the two favourites, and there will always be. You know, the party will never be without a leader. Somebody will always uh, st- step up. Uh, but yeah, that, that he, he still looks like the best uh, electoral asset that that party had, despite everything that he has gone through in a fairly uh, long career. It is yes, strange. And
0: he's had a tough time in his personal life. And we must never forget, and I as a serial smoker, thank God who stopped, that he brought in the smoking ban, which is probably the most impactful or consequential stroke of a pen. In international politics, ever
2: well, it, it, it was a significant public health step and one that impacted pretty much everybody uh, in, in the politician in, in, the, in the in the in the in the general public straight away. It wasn't just the, the, the smoking ban in pubs; it was about workplaces and so well, on. I
0: remember railing railing against him for doing it. Who the hell does he think he is? What and of course he was absolutely right and quite brave, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, he was, and and it's a it's also that rarity. It's a significant achievement that somebody can point to from a ministerial office. Yes, very often you end up with t uh who can point to things that that they did. But uh, I mean, it's it's rare enough that from off the tip of the tongue, you can you can associate. A, a direct measure that was brought in, yes, uh, with a particular minister doing it. And he, look, it, it was also not just a stroke of event; it was a difficult manoeuvre. He had to bring in legislation. It was kind of hidden in the legislation, but then once he was looking to implement it, he faced significant uh, public and political pressure yes. to, to to back down. And and he saw it through. So that that, that took particular political. Deafness on on his part uh, in 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 order to get get that across. the line. And look, it still stands to him in, at, at this stage. But that ability to bring people along with you is quite important. And we probably saw that during his term as Taoiseach. On the flip side, since Leo Radker has 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 taken over late uh, last year, we have seen. Uh, friction between the the, the coalition parties yes. Fine Gael trying to assert their authority and their identity and their policies that that bit more So it it you know as long as Fine Gael behaved like that it, it does make Michal Martin look a more substantial figure.
1: We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Right, just before we let you go, Finon, mm-hmm. have two questions to ask you. Do these boundary changes, in your view, have they got the potential to change the outcome of the next election?
2: Uh, I, I, I don't think it, 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 it... If you're the biggest party, and there are more seats put into the equation. It gives you more targets to go after. So from that perspective, if you're Sinn Féin, you're looking at this it, going, okay, this is an opportunity now. In places where they were planning on running two candidates, they're now going to run, run, run three.
0: Yeah, O'No Brain in Dublin Midwest would have a chance to bring. He in. was,
2: but he was doing that anyway. It, right. I suppose my point is, it it probably makes it easier, uh, right, f- for him. But there were other constituencies that they will they'll now look at and go, okay, we we now probably need to add a a, a third there. But in in that, uh, Cork North Centre being a, a, a classic example where there's an argument that actually I, in that constituency you, know, you almost need four uh, candidates in order to map up uh, all the votes such right. as the, the, the geographical differences in it. So a party like Sinn Féin will now take this map and look at it and go, right, what exactly is that we need? It's particularly uh, exciting from if you're in Sinn Féin, you're a strategist, you are working from the perspective of You don't have a whole heap of well-embedded candidates or former TDs or senators who were there in the past and their best days are behind them and they're looking to come back. You can put in fresh faces onto the tickets. You don't have a difficulty in terms of of gender uh, quotas because Sinn Féin, rightly or wrongly, they do tend to be quite uh, directed by the centre and the and the leadership uh, in in terms of the manner in which they they select their candidates. So they'll be very cognizant about about gender quota, about geographical uh, spread, about uh, the balance of the tickets that they are offering. Where the other large political parties, it does tend to be more 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 personality. Driven so, from, from Shane Féin's perspective, this does afford them uh, an opportunity. On two fronts: one is the 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 fact that there are extra TDs, and then secondly, just to finally get the map. It, it was it was very difficult for political parties for the last twelve months when they knew full well that due to the, uh, yes. the population changes, there was going to be substantial changes to the electoral map for the next election. There was no point. Uh, in picking candidates, for example, you, you cite Sean Sherlock. Yes, uh, Sinn Féin had picked the second candidate in Cork East as well. Her name is Melissa Milan. She's a former councillor. Uh, she's also based in Mallow. so she will now, like Sean Sherlock, have to have to move uh, constituency. So you didn't want to end up with a whole host of people picked who yes. suddenly were in the wrong the wrong place uh, at at the of wrong course. time. <laughs> so so that allows them now. But I I don't I don't really see that it, it, it changes what was already the situation in Irish politics where Sinn Féin were going to do extremely well anyway.
0: Okay, a final question, and I know we're very grateful mm-hmm. to you for your time, Fanon. In Leinster House, around the doll, the RTE affair, sh- should we call it, what's the mood towards RTE? Or are they going to leave it to the two doll committees, the Media Committee and vote Counts Committee? Is RTE... Regarded as a nuisance or a problem or what?
2: It, it's it's only problem for government because they they can't do nothing. They're seeing that RT already had a financial difficulty before all of this. Yes, it's got even worse now. But now anything that you do is against the backdrop of the the controversies within within the organisation. So um, if you give it additional funding, it looks like. You're having to do this because the place was mismanaged. Yes. Uh, if you increase the license fee, well, then people get the sense. Well, I'm now paying for the largesse that was going on in RTE yes. with their their flip flops and their wages. So how how exactly is is that fair? Uh, they have a difficulty in terms of the, the the TV license in terms of collection of it. But at the same time, any of the other moves that you can do around that are, are difficult. If you if you scrap the TV license, well, then the exchequer has to to front up. Mm. Uh, the two hundred, two hundred and twenty odd odd million. So why would you do that? And certainly, if you're the Department of finance, you'd be gone. Why are we talking about broadening the tax, the, the, the revenue base, uh, and then at the same time we're we're doing away with a charge that most people pay uh, all, already? Then the other option is give it to the revenue commissioners to to collect. Well, they refused not, it
0: before, didn't they?
2: They have refused it, and, and probably rightly so. Yeah. It's not it's not their job to be collecting every. Every few bob that you know, that this is a substantial amount of money, hundred and sixty euros per household. But it's not their job to be collecting every charge in the country. Like what? What next? I mean, like if I if I park my my car inside the city centre, do I have to set up an account with the revenue commissioners to pay the the parking uh charge the two fifty an hour, whatever it is? I mean, I th- I think there's a system in place there uh, already for for collecting that. Just about making that that. That bit more efficient. If you hand it to revenue as well, change the perception of of what is a a license fee or a charge into now it's a tax. Yes. Now people start thinking differently about it. It's like, well, if I don't pay it, I'm going to be uh, penalized and revenue are going to come looking at my, my in other way, we've seen that with the success of the property tax. I mean, the, the property tax is a phenomenally successful, newly introduced tax because the revenue are, are collecting it and people yes. uh, don't tend tend to want to, to, to go there with, with revenue. So <laughs> th- 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 all those different, there's no easy solutions there. And also, government keeps kicking these things down the road. We're still waiting. We're waiting for two big reports to come back next year from... Um, forensic accountants and, and management consultants that, yes. that the, the government have appointed. So there's going to be no major decisions taken, but there will be interim decisions around their funding. I think they will get extra funding in the budget to, to tide them over. But then you're getting into next year and we're we're firmly in an election cycle then. Right. So the government is not going to want to to make an unpopular decision Around a the something like the TV license in the run into a local European election, and then following on from that, a, a general election. So it could be that we get another think tank set up uh, okay. in about six months' time to look at it again. And let's just bear in mind, the government was uh, on the brink of of signing off on some sort of change to the to the TV license and to the financing of of RTE before all the, of this blown up. They would have looked. Uh, like absolute patsies now at this yes, stage indeed. if they had done yeah. that and then all of this came out subsequently
0: Okay Fanon we're very grateful to you Fanon Shane is an Ireland editor of Independent Newspapers are very grateful to Fanon to all of you for listening that's all we have time for now we'll talk to you soon